0: In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. This is going to creep you out a little bit because this episode is about murder, a very famous murder. This goes back to, geez, I don't know why we released it on New Year's Eve, but we did from December 31st, 2015 this is all about that famous lady and her famous acts. how Lizzie Borden worked. It's pretty grisly, so warning about the content right now.
1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know,
2: a production of iHeartRadio.
3: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck
0: Bryant, and... And... Jerry's back.
4: Wow, wow, wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look at that fine-looking lady over there. How's it
3: going, Jerry? She gave us a oh, quiet man. thumbs up. It's just like old times. Yeah, Noel is just quietly weeping outside. He is. you know, Get like, back outside, Noel. He's peeking in our little portal window, scratching at it. The stint of Noel, a.k.a. the reign of terror,
0: is over. Done. Yes.
3: Noel's been deposed by Jerry.
0: Yeah, so now it's not Noel sitting there or nobody sitting there, which <laughs> yeah. happened more times than I was comfortable with. At least four. Yeah, Jerry's like, wait a minute, that we can do that? <laughs> yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so long, Jerry. So, uh, welcome back, Jerry, and uh, we have already said congratulations on little Inez, but... Who just keeps getting cuter and cuter. Yep, I know things are going great, so uh, we're happy to have you back. And little Inez, you're being very quiet, just stay that way. <laughs> She's just rocking in her little swing. Yeah. <laughs> How uh, great would that be? Having babies in here? Yeah, if they shut up, wouldn't that
3: be cool? Oh, for sure. It's good energy. I would just feel bad for him because it gets pretty gamey in here. Yeah. Even after like 15 minutes,
0: let alone a couple hours. I kind of stink today, actually. I was going to apologize. Do you? Yeah, I didn't use deodorant uh, oh, last good. time I showered, Thank which was you. like two days ago. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. i even dressed up. Man. That's great, Chuck. Thanks gonna, for that. Yeah, I'm going to take care of that tonight.
3: That explains the sheen on your face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, we're here. Jerry's here. I smell. Let's do it. Since you do smell, Chuck, I have to say, at least, at the very least, I'm grateful that we don't happen to be in Fall River, Massachusetts on the morning of August 4th, 1892. Yeah. Because that morning <laughs> was particularly, particularly hot. Yeah. Unseasonably hot. It was over 100 degrees Fahrenheit mm-hmm. by the time
0: noon rolled around. Yeah. And that figures heavily in the case of Lizzie Borden and her 40 and 41 wax, which were more like 18 or 19 and 11. Yes. You, are you, you, you were familiar with Lizzie Borden. Everybody knows Lizzie Borden, right? Yeah. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her uh, mother 40 wax. Mm-hmm. When she found what she had done, she mm-hmm. gave her father 41. Yeah. Wrong. There was no axe. Wasn't a real mother. Wasn't a real mother. There, there was... wasn't 40 and 41 wax. No, so all about that was just made up. They think to sell newspapers.
3: Yes, yeah, they think it's a children's nursery rhyme these days. Little sicko children, sure. Um, but but they do think that it was possibly some newspaper hawker, a newsie. If you watch Disney movies, mm-hmm. um, it, who came up with it?
0: I and think they just took off. We should change it to Lizzie Borden may or may not have taken a hatchet, uh-huh. given her stepmother eighteen or nineteen wax, right. 13 uh, of them crushed her skull When she saw what she had done uh, Her father got home She gave him 11 or so And then got away Yeah, scot free That doesn't have the same ring No, it doesn't no. But
3: you basically did just sum it up pretty well Pretty accurately, Chuck Yeah So for those of you who don't know who Lizzie Borden is Just settle down, buckle in Prepare for a wild ride <laughs> For those
0: of you who do know Do the same, okay? Yeah Because we have new uh, evidence (laughs) that we're going to reveal at the end.
3: Incontrovertible (laughs) evidence of exactly who carried out these murders. Yep. And the only people who have it is us. Yep. Because we're going to make it up. And you'll find out in 35-ish minutes or 40. And apparently, too, uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class did an episode on Lizzie Borden. Oh, I'm sure. if this floats your boat, goes into that one, too.
0: Yeah. I should point out, too, the very first thing we said, we told Jerry we were doing Lizzie Borden. She said, lesbian. Yeah. And we said, maybe. That's one of the theories. Yeah. This will all figure in. We're just
3: teasing. Teasing like crazy. All right. So, the morning of August 4th, 1892, Fall River, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Uh, very cute town, by the
0: way. I'm sure. You and mean I visited recently? Ooh, did you go to the house? Yep. Why else would you go there? That's about it? Yeah. <laughs> that was on your death tour. <laughs> your murder tour.
3: Yeah. Um, but in 1892, like I said, it was over 100 degrees Fahrenheit on August 4th. Mm-hmm. Really, really hot for that area. And at about 10, uh, I think about 1045 a.m., wasn't it? No. Yeah, about 1045.
0: What, the the first murder?
3: No, the father com- coming home.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they placed both of these events within like... 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. There's, you know, a give and take there.
3: So about 1045 a.m., one Andrew Jackson Borden returns to his home at 92 Second Street in Mm -hmm. Fall River, Mass. And um, the the house is in a part of town that was uh, very popular among uh, recent immigrants, specifically Irish Catholics and Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, And I believe there's some Chinese uh, immigrants there as well. Why not? It wasn't an upscale part of town by any means. Despite the fact that Andrew Borden was an extremely wealthy man,
0: yeah, he was worth between seven and ten million today dollars i've I've heard twelve let's say between seven and twelve then whats of today dollars right uh, that's a lot of dough and also a good reason to kill somebody
3: yeah um and he despite having a lot of dough, he lived in one of the lower rent sections of town yeah um his house did not have indoor plumbing, which was Kind of odd by this time for that area. Um, Apparently, many of the uh, people who were far, far worse off than his family financially had indoor plumbing. He did not. He also didn't have any kind of electric lighting. Uh, Instead, he used kerosene lamps. Yeah. And uh, he kept doors locked. He was very afraid of being robbed.
0: Yeah. uh, Let's uh, cover this bit real quick. I think we should read this. Um, There's a lady named Angela Carter who wrote uh, about... The case.
3: She actually factored into our f- our fairy tales episode. She was the feminist no, writer no who rewrote wow. fairy tales. Well, she's I all over she the place. I think she wrote, what was that Neil Jordan take on Little Rod Riding Hood?
0: Yeah, I don't remember. She wrote the uh, the short okay. story. same lady? Out. Yeah. Wow. So she said the house was uh, originally a two-family home, and they converted it to a single-family home, mm-hmm. but didn't take a lot of time. Apparently just knocked down some walls, threw in a staircase. Yeah. And it ended up being a weird house because of that. It is very weird. Uh, And she describes it as uh, this way. A house full of locked doors that open only into other rooms with other locked doors. For upstairs and downstairs, all the rooms led in and out of one another like a maze in a bad dream. It is a house without passages. There is no part of the house that has not been marked as some inmate's personal territory. Inmate. Very nice. (laughs) Uh, It is a house with no shared... No common spaces between one room and the next. It is a house of privacies sealed as close as if they had been sealed with wax on a legal document. Mm-hmm. Creepy. No hallways or anything? No. Weird. No. Wh-
3: each room led into the next, and in fact, uh, Lizzie's bedroom led right into her sister Emma's bedroom. Yeah. To For Emma to go to bed, she would have had to go through Lizzie's bedroom. Um, and then her, her stepmother and father's bedroom was behind hers, but it was sealed off by a locked door and access through staircase
0: that only your father used that you could get to only with the key. Yeah, and to go up and down the stairs they had to go through their parents' bedroom, right?
3: Yes, but it's they didn't weird. do that.
0: That was it was off limits. It was locked. They and just jumped her, out the second story window. No,
3: there was a front <laughs> staircase. Oh, okay. They actually built a second staircase so that her their their parents could come and go to their room without yeah. having to go through Lizzie's room. So for all intents and purposes, with this locked door, it was a wall that sealed off their parents' room from theirs.
0: Yes, and when we say parents, uh, this is stepmother. Lizzie was born um, to Sarah Morse and her father mm-hmm. in 1860. A third child um, had an older sister named Emma, 10 years older. A second daughter named Alice, who died when Lizzie was two. Yes, yeah, she, uh, she died from hydrocephaly. You could just make up anything back then as <laughs> yes. something believable. Right. You know? Uh, and then her mother died in 1863 when she was just two of uh, uterine congestion. And then when Lizzie turned, uh, right before she turned five, he remarried uh, to Abby Gray. Yeah. Who, uh, the daughters were in their thirties by the time the murder took place, unmarried spinsters. Mm-hmm. Uh and Never seemed like they had a great relationship with Abby. They didn't, but they both
3: uh, adored their father, and um, he, he he personally appreciated that for his benefit, they referred to her as mother, and they did for decades, yeah, uh, until a time, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. um, but they, they, the reason that um, Andrew Borden kept the house locked all the time was because a couple of years before there had been a burglary where some mysterious burglar had come in and made off with a hundred dollars and some trolley tickets and some jewelry, I think. And, uh, it was basically pretty well known around town that it was Lizzie who'd done it. Yeah.
0: sounds like an inside job to me.
3: She, yeah. <laughs> she you know. robbed her own father <laughs> Yeah, rather than accuse his daughter of this extraordinarily scandalous behavior at the time. Sure. Um, He just locked everything, and all doors were locked all the time. Yeah. Um, And he kept a key to his room on the mantle, basically daring anybody to even try it. Because he would know what happened, because the only way you could get in was through this key. The only way to get to the key would be to have a key to the outside doors. Yeah. We say all this to say that when Andrew um, Borden came back home that day on August 4th, that morning... Uh, he was locked out of his own house. Yeah, and he had to be led in by the maid, whose name was Bridget. Yeah, but who Emma and Lizzie called Maggie because they had had another maid named Maggie, and they decided that they just were going to call this one Maggie too. <laughs> yeah,
0: that sounds like. Um, do you watch the show Another Period? Uh uh-uh. uh It's great. It's Comedy Central, basically a reality TV spoof of like Downton Abbey. <laughs> nice. and um, the two lead Natasha Leggero and uh, oh I can't remember her name from Garfunkel and Oates the blonde she does the uh, she's the other I think they co-created the series okay but they're just these rich girls who would like re- they renamed one of the maids chair I've got to check chair. this out
3: how have I not even heard of
0: this I don't know man it's really funny it's got a huge great cast nice big fan
3: uh, have you seen Anthony Jeselnik's special on Netflix yet
0: oh no dude Love that guy, though. It's really great. Yeah. It's so
3: so awful, but wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Andrew Borden gets let back into his own house. Yes. Not Anthony Juselnik. No. <laughs> um, and he, uh, he gets let back in by the maid, and he decides he's going to lay down for a little while on the couch, right? Apparently, the whole family was under the weather, including the maid. Yeah. Um, because... They had been eating the same mutton for, like, five days. Mutton sounds so gross. Mutton's gross to begin with. Five-day-old mutton that had been stored in (laughs) the heat in an icebox outdoors is not just gross. It's really bad for you. So the whole family had basically come down to varying degrees of um, food poisoning, apparently. So much so that Mrs. Borden, Abby Borden, had gone to talk to the doctor the day before the murders and said, I think we're being poisoned by one of my husband's business rivals.
0: Yeah, or my stepdaughter. (laughs) Right. You know, something like that. Uh, yeah, that's not all the weirdness that was going on. Um, in the, in the months and weeks before the murders, uh, there was a lot of, uh, not strange, but a lot of financial goings on that kind of raised the ire of the daughters. Um, notably Andrew started, uh, being fairly generous with other members of the family, giving away properties and things. Yeah uh including to Abby yep. uh, he gave her a house that she let her sister live in
3: Yeah her sister was in big trouble so he helped her out Yeah
0: so he's got money he's helped out And helping the daughters out. are like um, uh, <laughs> um <laughs> So he said you know what I'll, I'll give you each a property as well for a dollar and uh you're you're welcome and they ended up reselling that back to dad for cash later which was Kind of jerky.
3: Yeah. Well, it was a rental property, and he had a bunch of rental properties, and apparently his miserliness was very well known. Um He also directed some mills, right? Yeah. And Fall River's incredibly famous for its mills. It was—it's a huge mill town. So he knew that if you worked in the mills and rented a home from him or a room from him, even he knew if you got a raise, and if you got a raise, he would raise your rent. Yeah. So this is a rental property, one of his rental properties that he sold to his daughters so that they could have rental income. Apparently they were they didn't feel like doing that, so they just sold it back to him for like I think twenty four hundred percent increase. Yeah.
0: Not bad. <laughs> no. For <laughs> for doing nothing. Uh the other thing that happened in the um actually the night before the murder is their uncle John, John Vinnicom Morse, who was their uh deceased mother's brother. Yeah. He came a calling. Uh, to speak about some business with Andrew, and um, there's a lot of speculation on what was going on here. Um, basically, they think that it just ramped up a tense situation even more. Like he probably had his hand out. Yeah, that was maybe. My guess.
3: I think it was fairly um, common for him to come by, and I think he was also. I don't think he was supplicant to Andrew Borden.
0: I think they they had business together a lot. Well, Lizzie didn't like him. So I, I, that's news to me, too. Yeah, she, she apparently didn't even speak to him. She said at the trial while he was there.
3: Right. Like when he came to visit and stay the night, she hadn't spoken to him the whole time. Yeah. When he came and then spent the night and then left the next morning. Because it's very important, he was not in the house yeah. when Andrew Borden came back into the house, right?
0: Yeah, and uh, she never called him Uncle John, which is the dead giveaway if you love your uncle.
3: Yeah, I I just I I didn't realize there was animosity between the two. I don't know that there necessarily was. Here's one of the problems that we're going to run into over and over again, and it's also one of the reasons why Lizzie Borden's legend has remained alive for so long. Like, we have a propensity to take very complex, complicated people and their very complex, complicated relationships with one another, mm-hmm. and boil them down into. Caricatures that we can understand and easily explain. You think? And so, yeah. So over the century or so, we've done the same thing to the Lizzie Borden case. So it's really easy to speculate on, and it's also easy to interpret little things one way or the other, which also makes the
0: whole thing a lot of fun. Yeah. No one. Everyone loves a cold case. Yeah. All right. So let's take a break, and uh, we'll get back to some of the nitty gritty deets right after this. Stuff you should
1: know.
3: You know. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments, where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice.
0: That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults.
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
4: Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end.
3: So, Chuck, you were saying that the family, it was tense in the house. Yeah.
0: To be certain. It sounded like it was always tense, but notably tense in right. the months leading up to the murders.
3: Yeah. And apparently, at, at both Emma and Lizzie took off for several weeks right before the murders. Yeah. When they came back, Lizzie didn't even come back to the house. She rented a room for a few days, to, I guess, to ease herself back into having to live. In this house again, like a halfway house, kind of. (laughs) That's weird. Maybe three quarters of the way house, and she, um, she and Emma both stopped calling Mrs. Borden mother. All of a sudden, around the time that um, her their father had given the house that extra house to her, right? Yes, her sister was living in. They started calling her Mrs. Borden, including to her face. That's pretty chilly, right? Yeah. So that's tense. Like you say, Uncle John Morse might have. Increase this tension, and the house was very, very chilly, civilly, cordial to an extent. But just it was a house full of adults who were not getting along, and and like you say, probably hadn't been for a while.
0: Yeah. Then there was a matter of uh, in June, eighteen ninety-two, um, Andrew the father killed a bunch of pigeons in the barn outside mm-hmm. the house to make a pigeon. Well, so Abby could make a pigeon pie. Right. And supposedly, Lizzie kind of thought of these pigeons as her pets. Right. So uh, that would not have been a very cool thing to do if you knew your daughter loved these pigeons. So hmm, I'm in the mood for pigeon pie.
3: Yeah. He apparently also defended his actions by saying that he was worried about intruders because local boys used to like to come let themselves into their barn and hang out with these pigeons and play with them. So he solved two problems, dinner and boys coming over, by just killing Lizzie's pigeons. That's right. And she also, beyond just liking these pigeons, she was also a huge animal lover.
0: Yeah, she, she left a lot of money to an animal rights group.
3: Right. And she died. So, I mean, she probably would have taken this fairly hard. Sure. On the flip side, though, so her father, this is that character thing, caricature thing I was talking about. Her father's painted as like this Ebenezer Scrooge type, yeah. super miserly, tight-fisted. He definitely was that. But it's very easy to extend this idea that he and... Lizzie hated each other, and that's absolutely not true. He, yeah. they both Lizzie and Emma apparently very much loved their father, and their father loved them. Yeah, as a matter of fact, he wore a pinky ring that Lizzie gave him when he was when she was like fifteen, and he'd worn it every day, he never took it off. Yeah, they it seemed to like each other a lot. Only jewelry he ever wore. Mm-hmm. It was like there was definite affection there that often gets overlooked when you're just kind of painting this thing in broad strokes. You know?
0: Yeah, but like you said he wasn't beloved in the town yeah because if you ask me if you have money and you're a tightwad that's like the worst thing it is if you have money be generous that's what i say sure <laughs> you know pick up checks be generous with your friends if you have dough and you're uh i don't know i can it's not going to make you any friends let's just say that it's true and it didn't in his case so um also if you think about it it
3: is it, it reveals a lot psychologically that the whole family's been eating the same mutton for five days. <laughs> so and nice. the first thing that Mrs. Borden thinks of is that their milk is being poisoned by one of her husband's business rivals. Yeah. That's where her mind went. Exactly. So there's, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's not just inside this house, the, the tension. It's also coming from outside a little bit as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess we'll go ahead and point out a few of the, the circumstantial evidence surrounding Lizzie. So one of the things was in the days before the murder, she was trying to. Uh, she'd been seen trying to buy a poisonous prussic acid. Yeah. Cl- uh, she said she cyanide. Wanted, yeah, she said she wanted it to clean things. Uh, but other people in the trial said maybe she was trying to poison them. Although autopsies uh, revealed no poison in the bodies, no poison in the milk. No, the, but the prosecutors
3: wanted to use that to to suggest that she had murder on her mind. Inadmissible. It was ruled inadmissible because they figured it'd be too inflammatory, and it was entirely possible that she really did want to clean this seal skin coat with that stuff.
0: All right. What else? This, the dress thing is
3: pretty damning. Well, hold on. Before we get any further into that, let's, let, let's talk about the actual murders. Okay. You ready? Sure. So it's August 4th. Her father's just come back in. He's laying down on the sofa, right? And he goes to sleep. And he never wakes up. That's right. The reason he never wakes up is because, like you said, he got hit from behind and above about 11 times with an axe and hit in about the same area. So that basically his face was cut clean away in, yeah. into nothingness. Yeah. Um, Probably a hatchet, not an axe. Yeah. yeah, You're right. I'm sorry. A hatchet. Um, and at about 11.10, Bridget was upstairs sleeping because, yeah. again, she'd been throwing up from the mutton. Um, when she gets roused by Lizzie calling from downstairs saying, hurry, something's happened, she comes downstairs and she says, someone's come in and killed Father. Yeah. So now this alert has just gone out. The The first body's been discovered, Andrew Borden, who's still bleeding, right? Yes. And his face is hacked away. Yeah. It's pretty grotesque. Yeah, you can see the picture online. Yeah, so Bridget runs across the street to the doctor to get him, uh, comes back with him, and they say, "Where's your where's your mother? She's like, stepmother. They're like, where's your stepmother? And she says, uh, somebody came with a note or something like that. I think she went to go visit a sick friend. Who knows? Yeah. And um, then she goes, well, actually, I think I heard her come back in. Why don't you guys go look upstairs? <laughs> and Bridget is like, I'm not looking upstairs. There's a dead body here. How do we know there's not another, another dead body? So a neighbor lady and Bridget goes upstairs, and they see from the staircase— into the bedroom. It's really cool when you go on the tour of the house. Yeah. You can stand where they stood and see exactly what they would have seen. Yeah. And there's Mrs. Borden, all I think 240 pounds of her, laid out on the floor with the back of her head just split wide open Yeah, with something like 18 blows. Mm -hmm. And again, 13 of them have been... um, have just completely crushed her skull. So now there's two dead bodies, and eventually they are dragged into the dining room where they're autopsied, and uh, rather than be buried, before they're buried, they're decapitated, and their heads are sent to Harvard.
0: Yes. And then eventually buried at the foot of their graves. Yes. Like all decapitated heads. Exactly.
3: So, um, almost immediately, the cops went, uh, you... Yeah, you were the Lizzie was the only person in the house, right? That's right. Because Bridget was outside when her around the time that her mother um, would have been killed. Lizzie was ironing handkerchiefs with a little mini iron and Mm -hmm. a little mini ironing board in the dining room.
0: Yeah, Emma was 15 miles away out of town.
3: That's right. Uncle John Morris was away in town at the post office, I think, on business.
0: Yeah, because he doesn't use stamps.com.
3: Right. Yeah. And Andrew Borden was in town on his own business as well. Mm -hmm. So Lizzie was the only one in the house at about 9.30 a.m. around the time when her stepmother would have been murdered. She says that when her father came home and laid down around the time he would have been murdered, she wasn't in the house then.
0: Yeah, she said she uh, went out to that barn that she liked to hang out with the pigeons, uh, to and she was eating pears, <laughs> just hanging out in the loft, eating pears.
3: Eating pears, and the reason she was in the loft is because she was getting lead to make sinkers to go fishing with.
0: Yeah, but she... While she was there, she's like, oh, I like it in here in the 100 degree weather. Right. Uh, and especially upstairs in this loft. I'm just going to eat some pears. Right. So she ate some pears. For, I don't know, 20, 15, 20 minutes.
3: And when she came back in, she discovered her father called Bridget down, and the whole chain of events entered the public record around that time.
0: Yes. Uh, so we already mentioned the the prussic acid. Um, she was caught burning a dress.
3: Yeah, a family friend witnessed her doing that. And then later, uh, gave testimony about that and that's what led to her being indicted
0: for murder that's right and she said that uh the dress was stained and that's why she was burning it stained with paint though yes stained with paint right but this is three
3: days after the murder all of a sudden she's pulling a a dress out of the coal chute and saying ah this dress is stained with paint i'm just going to go ahead and burn it so this family friend uh alice says i wouldn't do that if i were you and lizzie said shut up you Mm-hmm. And Alice said, okay,
0: and goes and tells the cops. Uh, so in the basement, they found two axes, uh, two hatchets, and then a hatchet head uh, that had had the handle broken off. They suspected that it was broken off recently. Mm-hmm. And that hatchet head, um, they say, looked like uh, it had been planted there and covered with dust and ash to make it look like it had been there a long time. Gotcha. Um, basically tampered with, uh, evidence-wise, uh, one officer at the trial said the handle was actually there, and we found it. Another officer says no, we didn't. So who knows?
3: Yeah, I think they, the the consensus is um, among historians is that they never found this handle.
0: Yes, but it's never explained why the one officer said they did.
3: Yeah, yeah. So um, that hand that that hatchet head that they did find, though, Chuck, they never conclusively showed that it was the murder weapon. They just said this is probably a pretty good stand-in, right? And they never found any blood or anything on it, which that's kind of difficult if you think to completely get a hatchet head clean. Totally. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of weird. In a sense, yeah, they know. never found the murder weapon, essentially. Uh, well, they said they did. Well, yeah. Sure, the prosecution said that this was it. Right, but, but who knows? Right. Again, all suspicion is just immediately falling onto Lizzie. Uh, and there were a number of different... Um, hearings and inquests and, thing, and grand juries before she was formally indicted. Um, and each time, apparently, it, it looked like she was going to get off. Because despite what the cops thought, at this time in this place and era, Victorian ladies did not murder people with hatchets. So that in and of itself was enough to get her off, right? Or to keep her from even being indicted. Yeah. But each time... Her friend, Alice, from down the street, would come in and say, uh, I saw Lizzie burn a dress that had some sort of brownish-red stain all over it. And the jury or the judge or whoever would say, uh, we think that's enough. And so finally it got to the point where I think the grand jury was uh, indicted her for three counts of murder, Right. Uh, one of her stepmother, one of her father, and then one of her stepmother and father, which is bizarre, even yeah. at the time. But she was she faced three counts of murder, and they used the hatchet head. That was their big case. But they had some real problems. Number one, if that dress had been covered with blood, it was gone now. Yeah. But number two, Emma, uh, her sister said that, that dress actually was covered in paint. That was just paint. That yeah. had nothing to do with blood, right? And the the big problem here is, it almost goes without saying, if somebody murdered uh, Mrs. Borden with a hatchet and then murdered Mr. Borden with a hatchet, they would be covered in blood twice. Yeah. So what do you do? How, how could you have gotten around that? One of the theories was that Lizzie Borden stripped down, was naked, killed mrs borden put her clothes back on and then when she had the chance took her clothes back off and then killed her father and then rinsed off both times and put her clean clothes back on that probably didn't happen though
0: probably not uh we need to take another break though and when we come back we will wrap up what happened in the trials and what happened afterward right for this stuff you should
1: know stuff you should know
0: Right, we're back. Uh Lizzie Borden on trial, in big trouble, and uh a lot of circumstantial evidence, but no, no hard evidence at this point at the trial. No smoking gun, as they say. No. Not even a no smoking guns. hatchet. No fingerprints. Finger they didn't do any fingerprinting at this point. Fingerprinting was new and uh, <clears throat> not really trustworthy, so they didn't even bother. Well,
3: yeah, pretty much every step of the um, police investigation was fouled up. for the f- To begin with, the murders took place while almost the entire police force was off on the annual police picnic out of town. Yeah. Um, all these neighbors and looky-loos came through the crime scene and totally messed it up. But the big thing was is forensic science wasn't really a big— it wasn't in widespread use at the time.
0: Yeah, so at the trial, they point out a lot of— uh, Incongruencies. Her, her her story changed a lot during the uh the questioning, which is a little weird. Uh the cops went into the barn and they said, You know, it's super hot in here. I don't see how anyone would choose to just sit here for twenty minutes and eat pears and we don't see any footprints anywhere around. Which was weird because two workmen later
3: testified that they had been up in that place um like the week before.
0: Yeah, which well, who knows after a week yeah. what a footprint in a barn will do. Right. Uh, and then the day before the murders, um, Lizzie went to her old friend Alice and said some weird things that she felt like something bad was going to happen to her family. Uh, almost like there was, she said, I feel as if something were hanging over me and I can't throw it off. And she was frightened. So this sort of looks like she was setting up an alibi.
3: Yeah, she said she was worried something bad was going to happen to her father. Yeah. That was the day before the murders, the That's night right. before them, right? So for the prosecution, they were like, they they took two pretty big hits one the prussic acid the cyanide got thrown out of evidence yeah uh and then two so did um lizzie's own testimony because the judge determined that she had been on copious amounts of morphine at the time yeah and uh they were contradictory and even at their base they weren't admissions of guilt they were protestations right so um the the prosecution didn't have a lot to go on. They had almost an entirely circum, well, not even almost, a completely circumstantial case that really had tons and tons of holes in it.
0: That's right. Uh, it was a two week trial. Uh, Lizzie never took the stand herself, and um, it was it was huge. It was the trial of the century. Um, she was deemed guilty while the trial was taking place. Uh, in her town basically and in her in town newspapers all over the world at this point
3: so the impression the- i have though is that out of town they had a different take on it that these these bumbling dummies these yokels in fall fall river um were trying to prosecute a woman for a crime that clearly some maniac had had carried out and that they should just leave her alone finally oh really
0: yeah interesting um during the trial this helped the sensationalized aspect of it they actually brought in the chopped up skulls and presented it and like it was out of a tv movie lizzie saw this uh, swooned and fainted which of course was going to get some sympathy from the jury mm. and um it didn't take long it was about uh, 90 minutes and the jury said not guilty yeah and she got away with it so thinks many many people
3: what do you think
0: uh, i don't know well here's some here's some uh, theories one, that she was like in a fugue state and committed these murders. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but
3: a fugue state that lasted 90 minutes where she was able to conceal the murder weapon and her own guilt and wait for her father to come home and fall asleep, that's not a fugue state. That's
0: what they say, and it could have been less than 90 minutes uh, if you take the shorter side of both ends of the murders, mm-hmm. of the time range. Yeah, uh, One was that she was uh, gay and that she was having a- an affair with... The maid, they were caught by the stepmother. She was really super mad. And so Lizzie killed her with a candlestick and then uh, went and confessed this to her father, uh, thinking that he might understand, and he got really mad. And so they killed, uh, both killed him. Okay. That's another theory. One, that she was abused by her father, sexually and uh, physically abused, although there's no evidence to substantiate this. Right. One is that the maid, um, there was a deathbed confession from the maid to her own sister, um, which no one knows if that's true or not.
3: Yeah. I mean, the, the maid was most likely not a lesbian. It's entirely possible that Lizzie Borden was, because later on, after the murder, she and her sister continued to live together. They bought yeah. a, a mansion in the well-heeled part of um, Fall River, and Lizzie named it Maplecroft. And um, The maid eventually remarried or she, yeah. got married. Well, rather. she just totally falls off the map for five years, yeah, and then pops up again in Butte, Montana, and gets married and dies in like 1948. Um, but Lizzie and her sister lived together until 1905, and then all of a sudden, her sister moves out of the house, and they never speak again for 22 years until they die. Yeah, and uh, it's some people say that it was because her sister didn't improve of her relationship with this. Um, woman named Nance O'Neill. Yeah, an actor. Yeah, Um, which is entirely possible. Who knows what what happened? Um, It could have been that her sister believed she was innocent and then finally Lizzie admitted it in 1905 and her sister was like, I am done with you.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Uh, One of the other theories is that uh, William Borden, who was uh, the illegitimate son of Andrew and also a butcher, um, was... The, the, uh, basically, he killed him because of, like, failed extortion attempts. So was he proven to exist? William Borden? Yeah, I thought he was hypothetical. Is
3: he, like, a real person? I think so. Huh. Uh,
0: and then the final two was that Emma did it and had the perfect alibi in setting up that she was 15 miles away. Right. Uh, and that Uncle John did it, who was there visiting. Yeah. So basically anyone who had anything to do closely with the family. There's a theory that they did it,
3: right? Yeah, and these are all theories like you if you look at the evidence you can I think you can basically get rid of everybody except Lizzie and there are some big problems with their story too Like even if you believe she's innocent There's some stuff you really have to contend with like for example She says she was in the house at the time her stepmother would have been killed Yeah, and her stepmother was like 240 pounds and the police came and and they dropped a 200-pound weight in the place where her stepmother had fallen when she would have been killed. And um, the cop downstairs, whose job it was to listen to hear if he heard anything, said it felt like the whole house shook. I'm sure. Right? Yeah. So And Lizzie's like, I didn't hear anything. That's that's kind of a weird thing, right? Sure. Um then Lizzie also was. She behaved rather strangely here or there. Like when the neighbor came over, she was like, "Oh, Missus Churchill, do come in. Someone's come in and killed Father." Yeah, like come in for tea.
0: Yeah, there's just a, a lot of weird stuff that she's done. And then the dad was posed afterward on the couch. Yeah, his favorite coat was rolled up beneath his head. Yeah, and he had his like arms folded over in his lap, and uh, this is creepy. Yeah, but
3: if you really look at all the evidence too especially the prosecution's case there's no way that that jury should have convicted her they definitely did the right thing in in acquitting her yeah. because they had, there was no case against her really
0: yeah uh i mean she was little she's like 5 foot 1 and basically one of the big defense points was like this this tiny little lady just couldn't have done this yeah these were like brutal powerful forceful blows with this hatchet and uh Despite, I mean, the fact that she has crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's just that one picture, I don't know. But it definitely yeah. didn't do her any favors in history. Yeah. Like that one big photo of her, she looks like a psycho killer.
3: <laughs> she does. You know? A little bit, for sure.
0: But uh, they said, that, no, there's no way this little lady could have done this. And that was kind of one of their main defense points. Yep. Uh, but it did matter what happened because everyone thought she did it. And she uh, would go to church and have people whisper about her, and mm-hmm. kids threw rocks at her windows for years and threw rotten eggs at her house and ding dong ditch, and uh, basically was shunned by her local town folk, yeah, as a murderess.
3: And even the people, all the out of towners who came and used her as you know to promote their own stuff, like the suffragettes, like made yeah. her uh, uh, basically a hero. By the time she died, like most people had left her. Um, And she she died a fairly lonely old woman. Yeah. Despite having not spoken to her sister in 22 years, they died within nine days of each other. Yeah. Lizzie died first and then Emma. And sweetly, oddly, weirdly, um, all of the Bordens, Lizzie, Emma, Andrew, Abby, the original Mrs. Borden, uh, and their sister who died uh, as a child are all buried next to one another in the family plot.
0: Yeah, that's normal. It's not weird. That's just how they did things. Not weird. Um, she did change her name too, which I thought was. You didn't go far enough. She changed her name <laughs> to Elizabeth Borden. Yeah. Uh, I might have gone with something completely different. Yeah. Without L I Z even in the name, that would yeah. have been my recommendation.
3: Maybe like Tammy Borden or something. Or Tammy Smith. Oh yeah, you could get rid of the Borden. Just go get, whole hadn't hog. Thought about that, you know?
0: Yeah. She's like, hmm, I want to disappear. How about Elizabeth Borden instead of Lizzie Borden? <laughs> no one will ever suspect that I'm Lizzie Borden. Uh, and she was pretty young. She was 66
3: when she died. Yeah. And her sister was like a several, almost a decade older than yeah. her. Um, so she died at a, I guess, a respectable old age. Lizzie died youngish. Not bad. Her sister didn't even die of an illness. She fell on the stairs, supposedly, with push marks in her lower back. <laughs> right. <laughs> So we've basically just given, like, a really, like, broad overview. You can dedicate oh, yeah. all of your spare time to this case. It's really fascinating, it's re- and there's a lot of stuff on it on the Internet, too. And if you're ever in the uh, Providence or Boston area, g- like, do yourself a favor and go down to the Lizzie Borden house. Yeah. And take the tour. It's pretty cool. You can stay there, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's a bed and breakfast that you can stay in. Supposedly haunted. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. If you believe in that kind of stuff. Oh hey, wait, our new evidence, though we didn't reveal it. Oh, okay, go ahead. I have none. Uh, I don't either. No, okay. Man, you scared me. I thought like you really did after a second. No,
0: that'd be, that'd be great. I wouldn't be sitting on that.
3: Uh, and uh, you can type Lizzie Borden all you want in the search bar. It just turns up some lame definition of her. I think on our site. So just go look elsewhere. And since I said elsewhere, it's time for listener mail.
0: Greetings, gents, and Jerry, uh, or Noel, or Empty Space. Um, I've recently developed somewhat of a novel biological effector. Remember we talked about those. Uh, And it's taught me a lot about how I did and how I uh, should be carrying myself in the world. Um, I'd like to believe I've been polite about it, but I'm definitely the type of person that has a hard time not noticing and having my attention drawn to irregularities about people, especially on their faces. Uh, About two weeks ago, I developed a bacterial infection of my skin Covers about half of my forehead and extends down to one eye, causing redness and swelling that makes the eye remain more closed than the other in a resting state. I was surprised at how many of my friends and strangers in public I could tell are distracted by it when talking to me, and it made me feel a little self-conscious on top of my own hang-ups about such things. I think I've learned a little bit from the experience about what it might be like to be someone that goes through their whole life in this situation. Uh, in my case, at least, it's not as simple as just ignoring the condition, but it goes a long way for people to acknowledge it and be able to accept it without judgment. Uh, thanks for the work you guys do, for keeping me company uh, with a wide variety of topics. Mm-hmm. That is from Andrew in Utah. Thanks a lot, Andrew. We appreciate that. Yeah, sorry to hear about that, man, And but I like your attitude about it and yeah. the fresh perspective it's brought you.
3: Yeah. Uh, if you got a... Uh brush with fresh perspective we want to hear about that no matter what it has to do with you can tweet to us uh oh wait chuck we want to say uh happy new year to everybody yeah happy new year and happy birthday yumi happy birthday yumi uh okay so if you want you can tweet to us at sysk podcast you can join us on facebook.com slash stuff you should know you can send us an email to stuff at and as always join us at our home on the web
0: Twenty to receive twenty dollars off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit visible.com. The visible monthly rate is twenty five dollars per month.
2: Live Nation presents Concert Week.